You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host Kelly Patrick. I'm Carlo Kellum. A lot of sports going on this week, this past week. A lot to talk about. A lot of big college games last night. Uh, basketball's in the air. Baseball's in the air. So much going on in the sporting industry uh, this weekend, Kelly Patrick. Obviously coming off the very disappointing loss Friday night. I know you were in attendance at the game here at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. I don't know about disappointing, but hey, you know, teach his own. <laughs> well, it was disappointing for the majority of Louisville to see an unblemished season in the last year of the BCS just go go away to George O'Leary, Mr. Fake Resume, and the University <laughs> of Central Florida, Orlando-based college football team. Are you, I mean, that, I, I honestly, I don't want to talk about it. Well, in the famous words of uh, one of my favorite coaches, Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. Who? <laughs> who is? Louisville. I mean, listen, Louisville's a good team. Don't get me wrong. They have a lot of talent. I was at the game. I've been. I've covered the last few home games, and here's the problem with the University of Louisville Cardinals football team. It's your offensive coordinator, Sean Watson. It's a basic offense. He throws the same passes. The same. It's the same stuff every time. He throws to the left or the right, and then he runs up the middle. He doesn't have any diversity in his offense, man. With all that talent, all that talent, all that speed, the three, the depth you have at the running back position, it should be a. a, a your playbook should go past page five. And you know, with this type of team, and right now it just doesn't. They let the brakes off in the third quarter of that game. They were up twenty-eight to seven, and they just let the brakes. I mean, they were just pumping the brakes, man. Uh, they they need to have that killer instinct, and that's something that the University of Cardinals lack. That's fair. I mean, you, when you have a, a Devonte Parker out there, you've got James Quick contributing on special teams. You have. Eli Rogers, Michael E. Harris coming up with the big reception. And most importantly, you have Teddy Terrific at the quarterback position. You should have a better offense than what the Cards have. Yeah, and you know, Teddy actually had a pretty decent game. Oh, he, he always had, he had a decent game. It wasn't his best game. But what really hurt was the fumble on the goal line that went out uh in the end zone and gave the possession back to uh, UCF. They were about to score a touchdown right there. That really, I think that was the pivotal point in the game. That fumble on the one yard line when you're about to drive. I think it was only like fourteen to seven at that time, but that's seven points that they missed out on. Or six points. That was bad. Also the untimely fumble by Sonoris Perry did not help. Yeah, so I mean the defense played good in the first quarter. I mean, they kept them to seven points. UCF's quarterback couldn't throw the ball down the field the entire game. Mm-hmm. He, he he it wasn't even an option. It was dink and dunk pass. They were running an Andy Reid type of offense against Louisville. Short passes. Five, five to six yards here and there, and then they will catch him on like a, a, a 10 or 15-yard pass just to catch Louisville off guard. But it was, it was a basic offense they were running, and I don't know, I don't know what happened to the Cardinals, man. You should have been there in the, in the crowd during that last minute. When Louisville scored that touchdown, it was like the, it was, the energy was electric. It was like the rock out there. And then after that, when uh, UCF scored that touchdown, it just kind of deflated. <laughs> Everybody started to walk out, and uh, I think it was like 23 seconds left on the clock. When the Louisville got the ball back, Teddy Bridgewater had the opportunity to to, to do something with three time. They had three timeouts, by the way, with twenty three seconds. I think that's plenty of time. Oh yeah, 
He wastes he wastes time scrambling around. He wasted ten seconds. Runs out of bounds. It runs out of bounds. Like he, he was should have just threw it away. Throw it away early. That's the type of things that the NFL looks for. There were a lot of scouts at that game, by the way. We had New England there, the Jets. Uh, uh, I think a guy from Baltimore was there. It was a few few guys from the NFL watching. But that's the type of decision that he has to be aware of clock management and just throw the ball away to save time. But they were trying to get into field goal range, so he wasn't that far off from doing that. If they would have. He did burn some clock. Do so you, you he, think that Teddy failed the test there is what I hear from you? Well, I mean, 23 seconds, three timeouts, you're down three points. That's enough time to get in field goal range. Okay. With the type of receivers that you have, with Devontae Parker and Quick, you know, oh, well, you know, whoever the guys' names are. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that a good game, you know, they are who we thought they were. That's all I can say. Enough of that. So uh, we can uh, accept an invitation to the 4th Street Live Bowl. Or maybe even the Starbucks. Come bowl. on. Hey, maybe even the Fly J Field Bowl. They might even go to Fly J Field. You know, you're too young to remember Fly J Field. <laughs> remember, I know of Fly J Field. So, yeah, they're, they're going to a Who Cares Bowl now. Well, they lost two games last year and they, they played in the Sugar Bowl and beat Florida. Need I remind you, Kentucky. When was the last team. time Listen, Kentucky did that? That's 30, a, that's a 40, Florida, 50 that's years a, ago? Anybody could have beat that Florida team last year or this year. Anybody. Anybody could have beat them last year. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> that was probably the worst Florida team in the last 10, 15 years that they've had. <laughs> they were ranked third in the country. That, that, that was the worst Florida team that they had in the last decade. Okay. Other stuff on the card today. <laughs> we got my Bengals are playing against the Lions this afternoon. Good game. Not, the, it, game, not the game of the day, but a good game. Um, also, Friday night, Big Blue Madness. Yeah, my cats midnight, are back. Midnight Madness. We're going to have Tyler, the creator, calling in at about 10.20. Talk to us. He was there once again. Uh, our man Matt McCarthy and Tyler got the great footage of Matthew Mitchell, who, regardless of what anybody tells that me, can get down. that guy I can like get him. down. He's got the moves. I mean, if the, if you if there's another... Wi- <laughs> What's that? He's better than me. Oh, he's and got I'm, much better moves black. than me. Yeah, you're black. <laughs> I mean, there's he's got much better dance moves than you. If there's another women's basketball coach out there who can dance even a fraction as well as Matthew Mitchell can, I want to see it because that guy can boogie. And the fact that he gets out there, the fact that they're out there enjoying the event like they're doing, you know, it's amazing, man. It really is. Out there getting, you know, getting involved and, you know, just being, you know, they're they're having fun like, you know, like the fans. That's what it's all about. And then we had a little carryover with John Wall and Anthony Davis being in attendance. They then played a game the next day. Pelicans. Saying Pelicans still is tough to roll yeah, off my it's, tongue. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Pelicans against Pelicans. the Wizards. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's gonna take a while for me to get used to that. But it took me a long time to get used to the Wizards. I'm a Bullets guy. I grew up yeah. in the Bullets era. You know, Were you a Bullets yeah. fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, I wasn't a fan, but I like the I like the the name, the Washington Bullets. Yeah. You know, when they changed the Wizards. I thought that was just pretty. Uh, Who's the greatest? That was pretty soft. Who do you remember as a Bullets player? George Murison, I mean, Chris Webber. You're a Louisville fan. Chris Webber. Uh, Wes Unsell. Wes Unsell. Yeah, you're right. One of the greatest Bullets ever. Yeah, you got to say you're right. Yep. I think he's still involved with the the Wizards. Is he? Okay. Right. Yep. I mean, you got Chris Webber was a Wizard at one point. They had a lot of talent that came through there. They did. A lot of talent. Didn't do much in the playoffs. No, they never did. You know, not, only during the West Unsell days. Well, other than that, yeah, man. Florida it, it, lost yesterday. Missouri has really skyrocketed. Yeah. Recently, they were barely in the top 25. And it, before the season, a lot of people were picking, well, Kentucky. They were trying to say who who what games on Kentucky's schedule they might win. And... Missouri was picked as a, a game Kentucky could possibly win. Now they're ranked according to the new BCS rankings, which just came out. I think they're ranked fourth. And last week, we even sat this. We was like, last week, with the win that Missouri had last week, will they move ahead a little bit in the polls? 
Well, now I think it's obvious that they will, and they Obviously. have. You gotta give a lot of credit to Missouri uh, Tigers, man. That and going into the SEC and performing the way they have been performing is very impressive. It's not an easy task jumping ship from another conference directly into the SEC and be that successful. But uh, Georgia took a loss last night. Uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of big losses last night, man. Uh, I was really uh, disappointed in the, in the Georgia game. I thought they would, would come out after last week's loss and come out with a little bit more fire. But I know they're dealing with some injuries. But uh, you know. It happens, man. So uh, what other games were on tap yesterday that you were looking at, Kelly Patrick? To be honest with you, I was at the, the yeah, we, we, M- yeah, we were at yeah. the MMA event all night, but there was a lot. Obviously, Saturday at this time of the season, Jameis Winston is really making a case for himself as being. It's the Heisman, hands down. I mean, you see Florida State at number five, knock off Clemson by a score of 51-14. to 14. Clemson came out to, according to my text messages I received while I was at this MMA event, Clemson must have had the coolest intro music, or I don't That's know what, what it heard. was. I, I, heard, I heard the I same thing. We were both at the same event last night, but I, I was getting reading Facebook updates, and I was like, well, their intro was a lot better than that game performance. So yeah. it must have been pretty impressive. For Give us a call. Give us a call. Oxmoor, Ford, Lincoln, Buzzline, 502-384-1450. Carlo and I were working hard at a, an event last night, so we were actually working weren't able to see Clemson Tigers in their intro before they got smoked by the Seminoles. Call and let us know what the intro was. How cool was it? Why was it so cool? I had people who were who were not ACC fans at all. A couple of different people tell me, you know, if, if I'm a recruit, Clemson's where I want to go. Actually, I had Clemson uh, being in the championship this year. I thought they were one of the teams with you know with Boyd, and, you know, McDowell running back. I thought those. I thought that tandem. Would be the team that's going to beat Alabama in the championship, but obviously not. Florida State is real. Nick O'Leary, their tight end, the grandson of the great Jack Nicholas, one of the favorite targets for Winston. He had a good game last night, five catches, 161 receiving yards. You know, if you if you look up this kid O'Leary, not just because he's Jack Nicholas' grandson, but he was in a horrific car uh, motorcycle accident a little over a year ago. They actually have footage of you go on YouTube. You can pull up pull up the footage of his accident of his accident hitting a car. And he goes flying and hits the bus, and you see the bus windshield just shatter. Wow. And you think he's dead. You would have thought he would, die. he would have died from that wreck. I'll have to check video. that out. But uh, miraculously, he survived. He only had some, some bruises and uh, some, some bad burns, but no broken bones, no internal injuries. He was able to bounce back, and he's having a great year. Right now, he's one of the top tight ends in the uh, NCAA right now, tied with a few other guys with touchdowns at five this season. But he's one of the primary targets for Winston's, Winston this year. And, yeah, hey, Florida State is the real deal, man. You better watch out. He had 161 yards receiving last year, didn't or last night did yeah. not get into the end zone. But uh, Taj Boyd being a fifth year senior going against the redshirt freshman Jameis Winston, Seminoles are back, and this is Louisville <laughs> fans. This is who you will be playing against next year. Every year, here on out. Yeah, but you know what? I <laughs> It'll be a little different than the Orlando-based <laughs> Central Florida. And Mr. Fake Resume, I, I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Hey, you know I like Notre Dame, so you know I, I was disgusted by his actions when he tried to apply for the greatness that is the Notre He's a Dame great Irish. coach. He must be a great coach. If you apply and you are actually – he was hired to be the Notre Dame coach. Great reporting by the guy who discovered that, uh, you know, his, his flaw in his resume. About 10 years ago. Is that about right? Yeah. I can look it up. It's been about that long. About 10 years ago, George O'Leary, the current coach of Central Florida, was hired – at Notre Dame, and everybody Dream knows job. 
That is everybody's dream job. That is the pinnacle of being a college football coach. Somebody did a little bit of investigative reporting, checked out what he had listed on his resume. Uh, no, he made that up. He does not have a master's degree. <laughs> he he exaggerated. And but, he, but how often do guys lie about that? You know, you know, you know. I, I, actually, I know people, not myself, because I, I do have a my bachelor's degree. But I know people who lie and say, "Hey, I have a BA." Yeah, and the jobs don't even check. You know, I've had a lot of jobs in my life. I only had one ask for uh, proof of my uh, my bachelor's degree certification. No, I I've have had some. I've had some important jobs. Yeah. By the way, I was a regional manager for a drug testing company. Did proba- I was a probation officer, and none of them asked to see a, uh, my can, degree. Can you tell us which one asked for the proof of the bachelor's degree? It was actually uh, worked at Enterprise Rent a Car. Oh, okay. Believe oh, it or not. you know, you know they that that's what you they for a copy of your That's degree. what they yeah. uh, take. They pride themselves on yeah. at Enterprise is they hire college graduates and they get them into their management program. So, okay, I can see that. Yeah, it was the only I, only company that asked for a copy of my. Degree. I've never had anyone ask me what my degree was in. Um, I listed on my resume that I have a bachelor's degree, but. I've never had anybody come close to asking me for proof of it, but I don't know what type of databases they can go into search. Regardless, Louisville's going to be playing much tougher competition next year when they have to go against teams like the Seminoles, even the Tigers, even though they had a bad night last night. But even in Louisville's credit, they beat Florida State before at home several uh, years back. It's been probably about 10 years, right? The Monsoon, remember that game? That I do. I was actually out, and I'm not even a Louisville fan, but I was out there in that rain, miserable. For not being a Louisville fan, you make a lot of these games. Hey, it's it's local, man. I don't, you know... (laughs) It's low. It was free. Then right? why aren't you a Louisville fan? It Proximity? Why not? It was free. You know, I'm a, I was born a winner, and I like <laughs> to continue to be a winner. So that's why I stay a Kentucky fan. <laughs> Plenty to talk about on the rest of today's weekend sports buzz from Carlo and myself. NFL, Big Blue Madness, Grambling State. Oh, man. We are going to be back with more weekend sports buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz, Saturdays 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and Sundays 10 a.m. to noon. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz with your host Kelly Patrick. I am Carlo Kellum. On the line, we have Tyler, the creator, who was at uh, the Big Blue Madness on uh, Friday night. Tyler, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, Carl. How you doing today, my man? Doing good, man. Do you like the Do you like your new uh, your new name, Tyler, the creator? I think it's pretty appropriate, man. I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's it's a good name, but I don't want to, you know, be the replication of the original Tyler, the creator. Actually, you're the original. He is the replica. We, okay, we're well, let, we're letting the people it. know that now. You're the original Tyler, the creator, man. <laughs> I'm all about it, then. Let's get him on the Oxmoor Four Weeks and Buzz Line, and I'll have a little battle with him about it. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get that arranged. Sounds good. I'm ready. Tyler, aside from what everybody is buzzing about, which is obviously Matthew Mitchell's amazing dance moves, aside from that, they did play basketball the other night, didn't they? Yeah, they played a little bit of basketball, Kelly. It was more of, you know, let's get out there, let the fans see us, let's see what the fans are going to bring this season. They, they, There's a lot of dunking, a lot of fast breaks during the actual scrimmage portion of it. But you know how it goes, Kelly. It's a big show. The blue-white game is uh, coming up in about a week, and that's when the fans will actually be able to see a little bit more of an actual scrimmage. What players stood out? I know this this Kentucky freshman class has nine players, and none of them are bums. Which of those nine incoming freshmen really stood out to you? 
Well, obviously, you have Julius Randle. He's a he's a just a beast. He's a big body kid at uh, for that at his age. I've never seen a bigger guy. The team in general just stood up to me. Their height wise, they they are really tall. You can look at the paper and see that you have a seven footer, a seven footer, a six eleven type of guy. But until you really see him, you don't really know how tall they are. And they are very big. But another one of those freshmen, Marcus Lee, he kind of stood out to me. If you want to look at a the scrimmage and take anything from it, very athletic. He he. He can jump like Kenny Skywalker. Uh, Tyler, this recruiting class by Coach Calipari is the greatest, maybe ever, the, the best he's had since he's been here, even than the John Wilder, Marcus Cousins uh, class. I think three players that are coming in out of the, the eight or nine are number one at their position. What What is there to expect this year from these guys? They're starting out the preseason at number one. Is, is that too hard to – I mean, should we be starting out at his number one right now off the bat with these with all these new kids coming in? Well, we've seen in the past what happened I mean, last year. We started out number one, then we kind of fell off. Is this year going to be different? you got to look at it. I, I think you could give it to Michigan State, Kentucky. I mean, uh, I would say potentially even Kelly's cards until they had a little uh, mishap over uh, last week. I won't say that anymore. <laughs> but um, I, I'll go ahead and say yes. I think they are deserving of it. Uh, yeah, people are going to say, oh, look what happened last year. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho, ho. I mean, you know, I'm a bull fan. Ho, ho, ho. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting ready to say. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> what about uh, Robert Morris? Ho, ho, ho. Hey, another Louisville, yeah, another Louisville uh, infraction. Ho, ho, ho. Real quick. Uh, but, on, but on that note, but really, uh, uh, <laughs> Kelly totally just threw me off with ho, ho, ho. Gosh, uh, especially team number one seed. Yes, back to that. Number one, I think they are deserving of it. They are very talented. Now that I've actually seen them, I get to see the team in place. I think they are deserving. Well, I guess we'll have a the test, though, bright and early, as the second game of the season is against number two, Michigan State. I think it's that game, Carlo, is, you know, even if Kentucky loses, if they play that, which it's going to be a great game regardless, if it comes down to the final minute or two, I don't see why you can't say Kentucky's not the best team in the nation because come March, once they mesh together and everything, that Michigan State game will be about an eight or seven, eight or nine point victory. And you mentioned that was the second game of the season, right? The, the, second the, game of the season. Okay. My point is, unlike the University of Louisville Cardinals, the Kentucky Wildcats come out the gate swinging to start out the season. Unlike Louisville, you got to take, what, 15 to 20 now, games before you roll Kelly, up, warm up to competition? Exactly. Kelly, if I'm correct, Louisville plays Kentucky, North Carolina, and Memphis. Other than that, it's uh, basically like the football schedule. That's accurate. And this is a year not everyone is born into a conference as prestigious with basketball tradition as the SEC. And I'm being sarcastic there. Louisville's <laughs> conference affiliation issues – um, have led to them having a year where both football and basketball have garbage schedules. Garbage. I'm not denying that. Um, next year and every year thereafter, they'll be playing teams like you know Duke and North Carolina, even Miami with Larinaga and you know Wake Forest. Traditionally strong schools. They've recently came out and said they'll also continue playing Memphis. Louisville's schedule will be much tougher going forward. But you guys are right. This Louisville team will not be tested much during the regular season. But then again, now, Kelly, that could be a possible good thing. You have Luke Hancock, who may not be back till late November, maybe even early December due to, you know, a little injury as he seems to always have. Obviously, it's a Shane Bahannon issue. I expect him back by at least December 27th. Um, it could be a good thing for Louisville. Obviously, they're going to be a good team regardless, even if Bahannon's not back, in my opinion. Uh, that does kill them because I just don't see the combination of a powerful height combo of Steven Van Treese and, you know, Harold. 
at six eight and maybe six six and a half pushing six seven of Van Trees. I just see you all struggling down low. Your guard play is going to be fantastic. Obviously, Chris Jones, for the people who have not seen him play, I'm a Kentucky fan. He is the real deal. Uh, Terry Rozier, he is, he is good, too. But, Kelly, let me ask you this. You know, Carlo, I know you hear it all the time, and I hear it. They want to get Calipari to mesh all these new guys together, all these big-headed mm-hmm. egos. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelly, I've seen some of these new recruits for Louisville. They have some big egos. They have, I want to score, I want to put exactly the ball right. in the net. Eric Rozier scored 60-plus points in the game. Anton Gill happened to score about 40 in the exact same game. Patino's got a lot of work to do ego-wise as well, in my opinion. Yeah, how is Russell, Russell Smith and Rozier going to share the ball? And another thing, uh, Patino's not one of those guys that really pr- plays freshmen a lot. Is he going to give Rozier the clock, give, give him any time? But in my opinion, what I'm hearing, he's one of the best players so far in the whole scrimmage uh, season. He's one of the best out there. You guys are right. You're, you're spot on with both your questions. I think every year Rick Pitino views the season in entirety. He sees it as a marathon. He likes to have adversity. I th- And I'm not saying he's creating this Shane Behannon controversy out of thin air. I'm sure Shane hasn't been cooperating and he's been doing things wrong. But I think with this cupcake schedule that you both referenced, those will be some of the obstacles during the season the team will be trying to overcome that will make up for their lack of quality opponents. You're right. Chris Jones has a reputation from his uh, junior college in Niceville, Florida, as being a very hard-headed guy. At the same time, he's very talented. He loves to shoot, though. It looks like Timmy Hardaway out there. He can pull from about half court, and it doesn't look like he you know, bats an eye at it. Russ Smith, we all know how much he likes to shoot. Terry Rozier is also a, uh, a volume scorer. You guys bring up some good points. I come together. This is a different year than really what we've seen out of the, the Patino era thus far. Um, what I can say is I trust in Rick. I believe in, in Rick. In, Wick, in Rick we trust? In Rick we trust. Okay. And why shouldn't I? You better be I? careful with that statement, Kelly. Well, you better be careful because I actually have a long sleeve t-shirt that says on the back of it, in Billy I trust. <laughs> <laughs> you still have that? I still have it, and I'll still wear it very proudly. How hammered drunk do you get when you wear that? Um, I, I usually pull the Pappy Van Winkle out. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, well, Tyler, the creator, as he is uh, so elegantly given the nickname of by our man Carlo Kellum, so we got, is, yeah. a, is a, a contributor for KentuckySports.co, does great work on there covering not only the, the Kentucky basketball and football, but he also is a, a you know a big Reds fan and, and things like that. Tyler. Yeah, that was a tough end of the season. But, yeah, Kelly, I appreciate you guys letting me come on. Tyler, we really do appreciate you coming on. Have a great rest of your weekend. We will have you on again soon. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Hey, guys, I really appreciate it. And, of course, go UCF. <laughs> no comment. I love Tyler, man. He's great. He's awesome. Well, you know, I, I had a little inside scoop on the uh, whole chain behind in situation. You know, with the uh, met with a few media guys at the game this past Friday, and really with Shane, it's not like he was doing like stuff like the other guys in the past a little were doing, smoking weed and just doing stuff. You know, what, just, did, what does that mean? You know, just dumb players stuff. smoke weed at all universities. Yeah, I mean, but more with him, students smoke weed, Carlo. I, I, if anybody who watches Dave Chappelle, you know, I brought this up yesterday with the whole. You remember the, the Charlie Murphy and uh, Rick James skit? That I do. Charlie Murphy called Rick James a habitual line crosser, and sometimes you just got to check him. And with Shane Bahannon, he was a habitual line crosser. 
just little rules, just dumb stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it got to the point where Rick Pitino was like, look, man, I got to check you on this. You know, you you coming late. You're doing all this stuff. Everybody else is following the rules. I let you slide a thousand times. I got to put you in check. Now, don't get me wrong. Rick says, hey, maybe he will rejoin the team as if he's not going to accept him back on the team. He's competing for the national championship. Shane's going to be back. Plus, Shane has a lot of kids in Bowling Green. So he wants to get his uh, reputation in order for the NBA scouts. You know, he has, you know, he has to prove that he's mature enough to be on an NBA team. And they look at stuff like this. You know, honestly, believe it or not, your draft status drops due to situations like this. So he'll get it together. He'll be back. But he just needs to I, – I, I don't know if he just, he just can't follow rules. Some guys – I'm one of those guys. I can't follow rules either. I don't like to be told what to do, <laughs> just be honest. So I, I kind of understand maybe where Shane's coming from, but in some situations, you can't be a habitual line crosser, man. Eventually, you're going to get put in check, and you're going to be faced with a situation like this. But he'll be back, man. He has kids to feed. But How many kids in Bowling Green? I mean, I, I, please do, do tell. As far as – from what I hear, at least two or three. You know, that, that's a lot for a college kid, in my opinion. That's a lot of kids. Yeah, more than I have. Yeah. Three kids. I got I, I, three. Yeah, I've got two kids. Well. I'm 35. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he's going to need that that uh, NBA revenue coming in. Oh yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll need that money. If hopefully, I hopefully he takes that course uh, that thirty for thirty uh, presented a couple years ago about how broke. to manage your money. So you know, but you know, Shane just growing up, man. But you know what I noticed with Rick Pitino? This happens a lot. Derek character. Couple other guys. Is Roderick he, Rhodes. Is he Roderick Rhodes? He ruined his career. Rick did. Yeah, he ruined his career. He was one of the top. You don't, you don't think in. you don't think that Roderick Rhodes had any accountability in that? You know, he or was it all Rick? He, Rick was out to you know, get you know him. Rick wanted know. to destroy Rick. a top prospect's basketball career. Many, That's what he wants. How to many do. times you see Calipari, Calipari suspend, suspended players for situations like this? He doesn't because he knows how to relate to the kids. I don't think Rick really knows how to relate to some of these kids. There's no denying they're Calipari two completely different animals. And That's Calipari, true. you know, Demarcus' cousin was a thug. You know, he has all these thug players that come play for him, but he doesn't have situations like this. He's not suspending kids off the team. You're right. It's a different approach to coaching. And the neat thing about living in this region of the country is they both work. I mean, this is. We've got the two Italian slickers, slicksters leading the, the, the schools in our, our state, and they are both doing their jobs at a very high level. Yeah, and it, well, and Unprecedented. Honestly, if it wasn't for UK, Rick Pitino wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. It was based on that part of his resume, not Louisville. Just FYI. I just had to throw it in there. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. What Rick built at Kentucky between 96, 97, and 98, where that team that he built – was just a few minutes away from a three-peat? Three-peat? You mean two-peat? Three-peat. No. Three-peat. You okay? A few minutes away from a three-peat. No. Do you, yeah? Are you okay? They lost in 97. They, they, then they, to, they went to two in a row. They won one, then lost one. They won one in 96. They lost one in 97. Then they won one in 98. Yeah, you're right. Sorry about that. So what he built there is amazing. It was a long time ago. It was. I that mean, was back to my college. And, and it wasn't. Was it doing, wasn't was Rick coaching stuff back then. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that. It wasn't Rick coaching in '98. So it was Tubby. Yeah. Team. Okay. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I know. Sorry. You had me thinking. I was like, man, what was I doing? <laughs> I remember '98. I was. Uh, but I was Rick a built in college. I was. What was I doing? That, yeah. Rick built that team. That's a Hall of Fame type recruiting and program building. Tubby was a great coach, and he still is. I mean, you still got to coach to win a championship. You he do. And I'm not trying to take a shot at Tubby. But we can't deny Rick did build that team. Mostly his player, but Saul wasn't his player. 
That team was led by Saul Smith, who was a tubby recruit. A tubby recruit. Saul was leader of that team. You got me there. And he led us to a championship. You got me there, Prince. <laughs> I like to call him Prince. I think Saul's still hanging around on the uh, on the bench with Tubby, wherever, yeah, I, wherever he's at now. Texas hey, Tech. If he won a championship, so I gotta give him credit, man. Can't take anything away from Saul Smith. No, I he agree won, with he you. He was there. a point guard, starting point guard on the championship team. And from what I've heard, he really liked the party. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line where we got our man Kenneth on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Kenneth? I'm doing all right. To, to, to tell him said uh, those words, uh, comparing Calipari and Rick about how Calipari wouldn't suspend somebody. <laughs> he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> he doesn't, does he? No, man. You know that, that that the thing is about Rick. I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not a I'm I'm a little fan, but I mean I'm not. I respect Rick and his coaching, but I'm not really a Rick fan. But uh, between him and Calipari and discipline, man, I'll take Rick all day because Rick is not gonna Rick doesn't suck up to these kids, and of course Rick doesn't relate to these kids, and he he sit there he blatantly put it out there that you know these types of kids are not his cup of tea, you know, and I respect him for that, you know. He's, he's one of the old old heads, you know. And back to Cal, I remember when, um, what the guy, um, Marcus Cousins, Cousins. Yes, Marcus, yeah, uh, one day one of those games where he was just blatantly disrespectful on the bench, and Cal, you know, he's sitting on the bench, and then he sends him, sends him back. And then Cal pushed him right back in the game. Come on now. You know, that's seen plenty of those instances with uh since Cal's been there with those players like that, where Cal just you know, Cal played the good uncle, bad uncle, you know, and he played the good <laughs> uncle, you know. Yeah, you're, Kenneth, you're right, and you bring up a very good point. That's a good analogy, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that, that is how it is. At the same time, Kenneth, you, I'm a Louisville fan. I don't know where your allegiance directly lies. You said you are a Louisville fan. Is that right? Right, right. But not so much of a Rick fan. But we can't deny that Cal, what he's doing, it works. It's an NBA approach. It's completely different than Rick. But what he's doing works, doesn't it? Yeah, it works, but you know, you know why it works? Because he got, and I mean, to be honest with you, he got these players that are guaranteed to go to the NBA. So he, what he can do with that is he can dangle a carrot up in front of these guys with a little dollar sign as a carrot and say, hey, guys, you just give me three, four months of your life and you're going to make this money. You're guaranteed to make this money. So it's been kind of easy to keep these guys focused a little bit more, whereas Rick has these guys that are going to be with for multiple years, where now there's a lot of different vices out there, a lot of people pulling and tugging at you, and it's kind of hard to keep these guys focused. So I really think that Rick does a really excellent job with, with these guys. No denying that. You have to come in. You have to buy into Rick's system. Earlier I referenced that we have two Italian slicksters running the programs in the state of Kentucky. If they were exactly the same and they just happened to be coaching different schools, I don't think it'd be as exciting. I think the fact that they take two polar opposite approaches to building and and running their powerhouse basketball programs, you can really tell they dislike each other and they are from two different schools. And I think it makes the rivalry all the the much better. Kenneth, you know, I I really appreciate your your call today. Anything else you have going on this weekend you want to comment on before we let you go? Great 
Great that stuff. Call. Yeah, that was a good analogy. I like how he said that he plays the good uncle, bad uncle. And he does. Well, you know, another thing, he does, dang, he, he say dangles that carrot, but we're in America, man. Capitalism. It's about money, right? Yeah. You want your, you know, <laughs> you, you want your kid to go to the, to the school that gives him the best, the best opportunity to be successful, right? Yeah. You know, I do. I, I certainly do. Yeah, I, I'm sending my kid to, you okay? Hey, he's going to be my, my kid. If my kid wants to pursue the NBA as his career, if that's my kid's dream. I'm going to send them to the best school possible. It's going to get them there. And it's hard to really to articulate an argument What's that makes sense where I'm saying what Cal is doing for these kids is bad. You know, he brings Eric Bledsoe, who lived in a car for a long time in his childhood. He brings him in and he, he um, gives him some guidance in a different way. He's not, you know, he's not criticizing him like Rick probably would. He's not uh, all up in his face. Uh, with with crazy discipline, he's instead a, a a cool uncle type figure, and he helps him get into the NBA. So there's it's really tough to develop an argument where I say no, what Cal is doing for these kids is bad because they're becoming millionaires and they hey, love him. Yeah, they're becoming a millionaire, and you really don't hear anything you know out of the kids he's had. What have we heard that's bad? I mean, besides Marcus' cousin getting the Kings coach fired, but other than that. These kids went on the NBA. They're not, you know, not not doing anything crazy out, out outside the NBA. You know, they're not getting locked up. You know, they're they're going. Terrence to get, Jones did kick a homeless person. Well, you know, he probably deserved it. <laughs> Are you serious? You think this homeless person deserved it, Carlo? Um, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just going off reports. I wasn't there. I Do you don't think know what a sleeping happened. under what? I don't know what happened. Under what scenario could a sleeping homeless person deserve to be kicked? I don't know. Maybe he thought he was dead. So, he, so you think it's a good idea hey, to kick that? People. I'm not going to touch him, <laughs> not with my hands. Wow, you know they probably reek of you know smell. I'm going. But for the for no, the most part, he, for, I think he thought he was dead. Was nudging with his foot. So that's you think he was trying did. to save his life? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm going to nudge him with my foot. Is it, are you all right, man? But I'm and not going to poke him. If he smells of urine, I'm not going to put my hands and shake him with my hands, man. I'm a germaphobe. That's fair. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's the stance you're taking. Okay. You know, we're having a great action-packed show on the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. We are going to head to a break. Carlo and I will be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. Today's a fun show. Man. Yeah, this is, <laughs> for some reason, hey, it's going uh, real smooth. Yeah. Now back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Call in on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Very lively show this morning. Carlo and, and myself, we've got plenty to talk about with the college football and the basketball season upon us. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We got our man, The Truth, on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Truth? Well, well I'll tell you what, I'm still incorporating to that basketball score that Indiana let uh, Michigan Wolverine pull up. I thought that was Indiana girls and boys was playing last night basketball. So you're, I, not was it us? You're not, impressed, then, what you were you're not impressed with that performance last night, Truth? No, I like uh, uh, we don't get more. I like a W, not a not a L, man. I'll tell you what, that was a good offense game. If you like offense, I'm a defensive person. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm gonna, I promise you, Indiana fans, I will do my best to do some great recruiting on some defensive players. <laughs> I don't need no more offensive people. 
You out on the recruiting trail, um, trying to shore up the defensive inadequacies for the, the Hoosiers? Yes, I I found about three guys I like. They big guys, they but uh, they one of them's down in Tennessee and two of them in Louisiana. What is your recruiting pitch? You give them truth. Come to Indiana, you can start as a freshman. <laughs> start as a freshman. Yeah, true. I mean, sixty-three points. I mean, this has been the story of the Indiana Hoosiers all years. The defense. I mean, sixty-three points. Truth. Now, you guys can score some points. There's no secret in that. Yes. The Indiana Hoosiers can put some points on the board. I, I really like, you know, Wynn's one of my favorite uh, little guys, receivers that's out there in NCAA oh, he's a, right now. He's a, he's a little yeah. water bug. I love him. I, I play with him on the video game all the time, man. He's, he, oh, do you? Yeah, he's, he's tough, man. I like him. But 63 oh. points, man. Last week you gave up 42 to Michigan State. You know, you know. I mean, it's, the defense, fire the defensive coordinator yesterday. And they should. And you know what's so sad about it? We still got Wisconsin on the schedule in Ohio State. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the good thing about you know Wisconsin, you know they were exposed uh, by uh, Ohio State, you know, a couple weeks ago, and they lost to Arizona State. So that's a game y'all you could probably win. They lost to Arizona State, man. I'm telling you, the, every time Indiana have played be Wisconsin the last six games, they have put on at least sixty points. Uh, what is it? What is going on in Louisville with uh the basketball team? I you know I heard a little bit over about it over the weekend. What color was dismissed yes. from the team? Yeah, uh, same what, what does it? Yeah, 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 it was uh, it was a uh, a school uh, violation. That's serious. Yeah, it's a classic situation of a habitual line crossing. Truth, <laughs> that's my favorite term to explain the situation. You know, someone who's habitually crossing the line and. You give them uh, chances after chance after chance after chance. Eventually, it comes to a point where you got to be a man and step up and say, hey, man, we're not putting up with this crap anymore. You get suspended. Uh, and that's exactly what happened with Shane Bahanna. You know, he, he's not a bad kid. Post- he, he's not no, a, he's not a big yeah. kid. But uh, uh, Marcus, uh, what's, the, what's, what's the other one Marcus Ware? Yeah, the guy that broke his leg. Kevin Ware. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Ware, yeah. He was, but you know, let's, let's anyway. go back. Let's, uh, let's go back and... Um, and go do when he was in Cincinnati, and then uh, Marcus Ware was at uh, Tennessee. We heard a lot of little st- story about them, so that it does not change. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, we, we already knew stuff about him, so it just been sweeped under the rug. But this time they couldn't hide it because they, I'm, you know, I know they they've been doing a whole lot of stuff. Patino have really a lot of problem with his uh, ball players off the court at University of Louisville since he's been there. Yeah. You're right, Truth. Uh, Kevin Ware and Shane Bahannon, they are admittedly best friends, and they have reputations as being the kind of guys who... A bromance? <laughs> a bromance, they are. You know, uh, I think they, used, they went as far as to say a brother from another mother. You know, terminology, I mean, that's very strong words. I, I had some, I, I, uh, if I was, one time I got into with them about the, what happened at the Derby Classic, and I told them that was weak what they'd done. Uh, oh, when, uh, uh, when Cody Zeller uh, was, was playing. At the at, uh, and you remember when the, they took a uh, cheap shot at, uh, uh, what's, the, the, uh, what's the big tall guy played with, uh, 
and uh, with Tony Kimbrough's son. Uh, and I he, remember uh, the game. Just, I, 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 I'm, uh, it's, it's coming Zach back. Price. That was about two, three years ago. But I remember Zach, that. It was at Yum Center. I was at that game. Yeah, when Cody Zettel went to Cody Zettel went to the rack, was getting ready done, yeah, and he clotheslined him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. They clotheslined him, and I didn't like that. And I, I seen him when I seen him at on campus. I said it's dirty. And me and what's called had some words about it. He said, "Oh, you just Uncle Tom and like that." <laughs> but I told him. Uh, yes, uh, um, Kevin Word, me and him had some serious words about that. And I told him that, I said, end of the day, when it's all said and done, Cody Zelda going to be playing in the NBA while you be here at University of Louisville working, selling Cokes. Now, I, think he may selling be, I, think he'll, I think he'll make a good uh, physical therapist one day. <laughs> yeah, but but do you understand? I've been, that's, that's why I was telling people, what you do off court, it's going to affect you what you do in the game. Because yeah. when it's all said and done. Have an injury. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. He, but, you know, it's a shame that Patino uh, keep on lying. Then somebody say something about it, and then he can't justify. Patino is a victor liar. And I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed how they, they should have gone kick him off the team. Because that's point. not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair to the others. People on the team who like Luke Hancock, who who's doing the right thing. So we cannot have two standards. They had it. They do it. Oh, it's, it's, it seems like every time it, it comes with superstar, we put them on a put them up uh, as a statue, and then this little Joe guy do something, uh, the water boy do something. He's thrown off the team. You're right, man. You know we got a habitual and, and, liar in Rick Pitino and a habitual line crosser in Shane Bahannon, man. We are finding a trend the, within the call of, What's Carters. the what, what's the what's called? I'm gonna leave y'all with the what was the uh, the guy uh, uh, broke his leg last year went to Northwestern and he's a good guy and they didn't want to give him a scholarship. Jared Swapshire. He's a great guy. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a guy. Garrett, great character by himself. That's the people you want on your team. A winner. Wow. Off the court, you know, you could. Yeah. Here's this man who, uh, you know, he might not been a great player that he come out of high school, but he know how to treat the people and he know how to act off the court. And so Patino sent him on down his great way. But Swell Shop gonna be a great guy, and I wish he was on the team to win the national championship. They ought to give him a ring because. He's a good guy. I agree I with you. I wish he was forced out for a scholarship. I agree with you. I like Swap. I, I'm a big fan of Swapshire. Also, Truth. I want to thank you for your call today. Uh, you know, have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for the call, Truth. Truth bringing my the hay truth, ma- haymakers yeah. this morning. Hey, I love the truth, man. That's hey, my, yeah. He's who knew about a, a showdown with Kevin Ware and the Truth? Um, Kevin Ware's not. I mean, Truth's not putting up with any mess like truth that. Truth is. Throwing haymakers this morning. He was not messing around. We are action-packed this morning. We're going to head back to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line where we got our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brian? Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? All right, Brian. How's it going? Good. I enjoyed that last caller. Truth is bring some very good points. Uh, it's a tough line to follow, you know, when you're in the Patino's shoes, but that was a great call. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, guys, I wanted to talk... Uh, Horse racing, that's my gig, and uh, uh, it's really heating up. Uh, this is the last week at Keeneland. Uh, Keeneland will close next Saturday, and then a week from today, Churchill Downs opens for its traditional fall meet. And, uh, and, then, a, and then a week from that, uh, actually two weeks from yesterday, 
is the biggest day in horse racing outside of Kentucky Derby, and that's the Breeders' Cup. This year it's going to be at Santa Anita. Uh, it's Saturday, November 2nd, and the fields are starting to shape up. The best horses in all the world, uh, international horses, East Coast, West Coast, they're all going to meet in Santa Anita, and they're going to find, line them up and find out who the champions are and pay out a ton of money. So uh, this is the best time of the year, best time for horse bettors. The payouts are big for horse betting because so many great horses. If you've never really bet on a Breeders' Cup, I highly encourage you to look at it because the payoffs, if you can hit, very difficult to hit them, but if you do, you're handsomely rewarded. So uh, it's really going to be good. I'm looking forward to Churchill opening up their, uh, uh, as I said, one week from today, I think 1245 post, uh, almost a week to the day, Churchill will open up and, and different than the uh, – um, the September meet they're having, they'll run Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So uh, it's going to be a lot of horse racing in the month of November going into uh, into Thanksgiving weekend and uh, excited about that, but really excited about the Breeders' Cup, guys. Brian, we don't forget, we have a date in November for down down at the Downs, a day at the Downs. The 16th. Yeah, the 16th. I didn't forget the 16th. Yeah, I was on Churchill's website looking at that, and, uh, yep, that is, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, those are I've been to one one uh, night racing event, and I tell you what, a lot of young people, a lot of enthusiasm. I don't know how many people know how many legs a horse has, but uh, who cares? Uh, they're out there having <laughs> fun, learning the game, and uh, uh, you know the, the the statistics from the September meet showed that I think the average better at Churchill bet fifty four bucks, which is way you know normally way down, but hey, that's still fifty four bucks, and I know they drank a lot of drinks. And they paid the ten bucks to get in, so it, it was profitable for Churchill Downs to have that meet in September. They're going to do it again next year, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the 16th. Well, what can you tell me about Wise Dan? You ever heard of that guy, that horse? Wow. Yeah, oh yeah, he's still a champion. Don't let that uh, uh, the, the defeat in his last race do anything. That's but, what I'm uh, asking. He will. He no. He's going to. He's going to show his true colors uh, at the Breeders' Cup. He'll defend his. Uh, Grass Mile Championship. He'll he may he, depending on what happens in the Classic Division. He en- he may end up being the Horse of the Year again. Very unusual. And Curlin was the last two-time Horse of the Year. So White Band, please don't get off him, fellas. I mean, he's gonna he, the cream will rise to the top with Wise Band, and you'll see the real Wise Band. He had an off race, but he had won nine in a row. Wow! And he didn't run bad. He, he they'd taken it off the dirt and he just didn't he just didn't run his I'm sorry off the grass and he just didn't he didn't he didn't do bad he finished second but uh, that wasn't the real wise Dan his trainer said he's he's training great going into it there's another great horse out of Louisville Groupie Doll uh, that won her race last year the uh, um, one of the staff races and she's coming into the race good and uh, so there's some great Louisville connections that are going to be uh, taking the plane airplane ride to Santa Anita. For two weeks from yesterday, and that is the highlight of horse racing, the Breeders' Cup. Hey, uh, Brian, what can you tell us about the Cigar Mile? I keep hearing about the Cigar Mile. Is that a, a big race? Or... Oh, yeah, cigar, cigar Mile, named after one of the great horses of all time, Cigar. It ran back in the mid-'90s, won 16, grade, uh, 16 consecutive records, uh, races. And, and the thing about Cigar as a racehorse, he, uh, he, he took them all on. I mean, he... You know, a lot of people on Wise Band and some of these latest champions have complained they haven't, uh, you know, maybe they duck people or they stay in their surface and they stay in their comfort zone. Wise Dan, he got on, I'm sorry, Cigar would get on a plane and he would go anywhere and run against anybody and did it 16 straight times. 
Uh, that's why I got a big picture of him in the, my basement. One of my all-time favorite horses. But uh, that cigar mile is a great mile. Brings the best milers uh, from the world around, and uh, it's a big race. Brian, we really do appreciate your weekly update on the world of horse racing in the Kentucky Derby point system, and even uh, horses likewise, Dan, who who are not eligible for the the Derby, but are historically relevant and we appreciate you keeping us up to speed on that have a great rest of your weekend brian thank you very much for the call thank you guys have a great day enjoy the show thank yeah, you thanks, brian good stuff there from brian man he brings the energy brings brian. the energy he's got me very he's got me paying attention to horse racing something i really didn't do before but with brian the insider man he's got me on my toes we're going to be at dawn at the downs you said on the 16th yeah. you and brian have made this this arrangement and um i can't wait I can't wait either. We'll have to pay a little bit more, you know, let Brian son. teach us a few things about the the uh, handicapping business. Now, is it appropriate for me to wear my sucker series free, my sucker series suit that day? Sure. Okay. I don't see anything right. wrong with that. should be a, a great event. Been a great show so far. Everything from Brian and his horse racing to some very, some very uh, haymaker comments yeah. from the truth. Yeah. Uh, we got Carolina's going to be on in the next segment. Plenty more to talk about. Carlo and I will be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Carlo and I were talking on the break. We haven't even gotten to talk about the NFL at all yet. We've got plenty more to discuss. I think we'll have Carolina calling in in a few minutes. Um, I want to remind our listeners, the Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence. And what does the J stand for, Carlo? J stands for justice or just being Brandon. Just being Brandon. (laughs) The The greatest lawyer in the town, in the city of Louisville. One of my great friends and mentor, Brandon Lawrence. Personal injury attorney. Yes. Call 502-587-0041. Even has his own radio show that comes on every Saturday at 5 p.m. I think we're going to have Brandon on toward the end of the hour today to get his feedback. Very well versed. I know he's been listening. I know he's got some feedback about uh, he he wants us to give someone a shout out regarding Curlin. I think he said something about the Roderick Rhodes comment or discussion we had earlier. Well, he said, yeah, Roger Rhodes was kicked off the team because Patino was bringing in Ron Murphy. See, people don't want to talk about that stuff. How, you know, how how Patino kicks guys off the team to bring in new guys. Same thing he did with Shropshire. Saban does it, too. Saban does it. There's Football. been say, yeah. Football's different. What? It's different. Why is it different? You got 55 guys on the team. Those They're not human? Yeah, you got, you got 55 it's guys the on the team. same thing. It's easy to replace. Same thing. <laughs> I love that Patino addresses it like if you can come in and work for your spot, they're one-year renewable contracts. Hey, they're one-day contracts, Carlo. They are one-day contracts. We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line where we got our man Carolina Steve on the line. How you doing this morning, Carolina? Just fine. There's a couple things y'all haven't mentioned today that I want to mention. One of them you mentioned in the uh, that you are teased us. Is the Grambling situation. We have not got to that and yet. We, we plan on it. What about Talladega? the other one Talligator. is the death of one of my favorite coaches oh. of all time. Bum Phillips. Yeah, Bum Phillips. Yeah, we were talking about that last night on the way back from our trip. 
What are your yeah, What are your you, memories uh, of you, Bum Phillips? Tell us about Bum Phillips, Carolina, because he was before my era. I know of Wade Phillips, but and I know that his dad's name is Bum, and he coached the Oilers. What was his reputation in his day, and why do they call him Bum? Uh, Bum because he couldn't pronounce brother. Okay. And this, uh, that's how it started. It says, as long as you don't put you in front of that name, it's okay. <laughs> now, actually, Bum Phillips was a high school coach in Texas. And he would go down to Texas A&M with Mayor Bryant and everything, and he became an assistant. And he was the man who designed the Bears blocking schemes for him. Wow. The very used uh, in there. So an off- in. offensive guy, it sounds like. If he's an offensive lineman blocking type guy, sounds like he was probably an offensive coordinator. Is that right? Uh, I Yes, sir, with that. But then when he really came to prominence was with the Houston Oilers when he became their head coach. And it, the way he dressed was just ungodly. He wore blue jeans, boots, and if he was outside, he wore a Stetson. A what? He would not wear a hat inside the Astrodome where he coached because he said his mother said it was rude to wear a hat in the house. That is true. Never wear a hat in the house or at the dinner table. And uh, Or during the national anthem. He was, he was a great coach. He never could win it. He had uh, he drafted uh, Earl Campbell for uh, Houston. Great coach, coached at Houston, and he also coached at uh, the New Orleans Saints. So he was uh, he was really really good uh, in his day. He was he was my favorite coach, and I just hate to see him. There, there's some coaches from back in that era. That were characters. He was one of them, and the other one was Jerry Glanville, Atlanta Falcons former head coach. He used to wear the cowboy hat on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah he's uh well. He also used to run races. He ran in series. He he ran in Arca and everything, and he was actually Gene Jones's defensive coordinator at Hawaii. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Hey, 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 yeah, uh, hey, Carolina Steve. I hate to change the subject, but tonight, today, Talladega, I don't talk about Ricky Bobby, but Ricky Bobby, but there's a race today at 1 p.m. Are you excited about that? Oh, yeah, and Ricky Bobby's in it. <laughs> is he really? No lie. <laughs> Number 78 Wonder Bread car is being driven by Kurt Busch today. Oh, okay. Hey, you know what? I, I knew you would know something about this race and give us something interesting to know about this race, and that's very interesting to know. There is a Ricky Bobby car out there. Yeah, and uh, this is not the first time that uh, Kurt Busch has done this. He did it. Remember the Me Cougar car from uh, Talladega Nights? Yeah. He, he yeah. drove oh, that oh, yeah. last year. And also this year at uh, the Nationwide race at Daytona, he drove the City Chevrolet car which was the one that uh, Cole Trickle drove, and he said uh, it was funny because uh, Elliot Sattler's nickname is Ricky Bobby, and he said Cole Trickle pushed Ricky Bobby to third place. He said that in his interview afterwards, and it's going to be interesting today. Uh, 
you know, qualifying got rained out, so they had to go with uh, the fastest in practice, and Eric Amarola will be on the pole, and his crew chief was suspended for drug use. Yeah, is that Ty Parrott? Ty Parrott. Yeah, yeah, the crew chief. I heard about that, getting suspended uh, for substance abuse policy. A crew chief? I didn't know they drug tested for crew chiefs. <laughs> That's interesting yeah, to know. They, ch- yeah. they test everybody on the NASCAR circuit that's associated with the team, you know, there at the track. Just this past week, three crew members were suspended. There have been, uh, A.J. Allmendinger was caught last year at uh, Kentucky yeah, with yeah. his, uh, uh, for, for it. And then you also still got Jeremy Mayfield, who is uh, still not admit that he did it, but he was caught like that. And NASCAR probably has right. the strictest drug policy. It's not like baseball yeah. or basketball where you get five or six chances. With this one, you're automatically suspended. And our listeners yeah. want to, what, what our listeners want to know, Carolina, is obviously, what is the drug of choice for NASCAR people? <laughs> That's what they, everybody wants to... Yeah, yeah. got to be up. Our, our, is that what it is, Carolina? You think coca, it's amphetamines? Our, our coca leaves, one of the two. <laughs> Could you repeat that question? I had trouble understanding sure. it on my phone. What's the drug of choice for the for NASCAR drivers, our crew chiefs? What was his drug of choice? His I don't know. Uh, with uh, Mayfield, it was, uh, oh, uh, what's the one? Opiates. Uh, Opiates. That's the Well, you know what, Parrot. You know he's a longtime crew chief member for Dell Jarrett. Uh, he was uh, even when Jarrett was at Robert Yates Racing. I don't know if you remember that, but he, you know, he got him to you know a couple of victories in the five hundred in ninety six and two thousand, and uh, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in ninety six and ninety nine. So this is a huge life for his, a huge loss for his crew. I mean, this is this is a big deal. Yeah, it's it's a big thing. Now most of the crew members they catch. It might actually be steroids or HGH. Well, you know, they got to carry around those big tires, and yeah, they got to be pretty pretty physical for that job. Carolina? Yeah. Carolina, we are bouncing around topics, but we know our time with you is very valuable. Before we let you go, this Grambling State story, you mentioned it. We we haven't got to it. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. We can talk about it a little bit more, but, you know, Carlo and I were talking during the break, and... My lack of knowledge about historically black colleges. No, it's the what, fact what, that which, you didn't know who Eddie Robinson was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you know who Eddie Robinson? Know the winningest coach in college yeah. football. Yeah, I did not. He had no clue who Eddie Robinson was. Carolina Steve, can you believe that? I did not know Eddie Robinson. He was there for 80, 90 years. Ninety years. One hundred. Well, he was there for one hundred and twenty years. My love affair with Grambling football started back in the sixties. At Houston, there were two college teams who they replayed their games on Sunday. And one of them was Notre Dame, and the other one was Grambling University. And that's where I became uh, learned a lot about the history of Grambling. Did you know at one time, Grambling had more professional football players than any other school? Wow. I do know who Doug Williams is, and I know that he's the first... African American quarterback to win a Super Bowl, and I had heard of Grambling having a great tradition and all that, but the the the, the name that you you threw at me, I, I was not familiar with it. Did not ring a bell with me. They fired Doug Williams earlier in the season, much to the chagrin of the players. They replaced him with a coordinator, who the players apparently did not like. Beyond that, 
They have mildew on the equipment and in the facilities that the Grambling players have to use. They make them travel by bus while most universities use planes. They said one time this season they had to leave at 9 p.m., I think, and they they got on the bus and they didn't get to their destination where they were going to play a football game that day. They didn't get there till 6 a.m. So horrible conditioning conditions a Grambling State and the players have decided they've had enough. They are not going to play there protesting. Carolina, what do you think of this statement by the players? I think that it's about time that players stood up. I'm Having coached in college and everything, those on the small level, I've seen some of these things with the small colleges that happened. When I was at Carter West, we never went anywhere by what we always went by bus, but ours were such that we could get there, you know, in an ample amount of time. And as far as the uh, cleanliness of the uniforms, I did notice in, in an article I read where there was a lot of staff infection going on with the team and everything. And it's just a case of uh, the people not doing what was necessary. I know part of my job was to wash uniforms when I was in college to help pay for my uh, tuition. and. I had to make sure that uh, I used the right amount of soap and disinfectant and everything and make sure that they were clean and make sure they were stored in a dry place. This is just carelessness. I don't know if it's the truth or not, but if it is the truth, then something's got to be done. They need to get rid of the AD and bring somebody in that knows about the tradition of grambling football. Eddie Robinson was a great coach. I saw him... uh, a lot in the games used to, the Grambling Tigers and Florida A&M Rattlers and teams like that. Those were great, great football games. And another thing, if you ever went to see a Grambling football game, you never left at halftime because that was the best band I've ever seen in my life in college. Yeah, if you've never been to an HBCU game, you got to experience the band at halftime. Kelly, I'm going to take you to a game one day. I would love to go. I would. What, what, which you know which one will we go to? The we'll, extent we'll, of my knowledge about schools. We'll go somewhere uh, close like TSU. Okay. It, it, you know, State, I, I know uh, Shannon Sharp yeah. went to Savannah State, I think is the name of it. Um, or was it Georgia State? I think it's Savannah. I think it's Savannah. Savannah State. And that they had a controversy with their coach uh, a few years ago. So I am familiar a little bit with some of the historically black universities and, and that they exist. But I'll have to go to a game with you for sure, Carlo. Y'all will enjoy it because, Kelly, I'm surprised you haven't seen the Grambling Band because Grambling actually played Louisville up here several years ago and their band performed at halftime. I do remember them being on the schedule. Um, uh, To be honest, though, Carolina, the the band doesn't stand out to me. That'll have to be something I look into with the, you know, YouTube and things like that. So, Carolina, as always, great call. We really appreciate it. Um, you joining us this morning. Enjoy your, your race today with the, the Talladega. Okay, before I go, I want to tell you guys, y'all got me so interested in boxing. ESPN Classic this week had yesterday some of the best unboxing I've ever seen. They had the uh, the Hagler Sugar Red Leonard fight, and oh, it's I through that. Great one. Hey, it's through that I remembered now how great of a boxing announcer that Howard Cosell uh, the, was. The Y'all greatest, the greatest boxing announcer ever. We'll talk more about that next week on the Knockout Hour. We'll cover uh, 
30 for 30 and a few other things we missed out this week. But next week, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., the knockout hour, nothing but fights. Brought to you so. by Future Promotions. Carlo and I get together 9 till 10 every Sunday. We talk about the fight game locally, MMA, boxing, and nationally. So there's, and globally, you know. Manny Pacquiao is fighting Dude. Brandon Rios later this year in China. No, nothing but act, nothing but, hey, we'll talk about that more next week on the Knockout Hour. This show is strictly for all other sports. That's what we do from 10 till 12 on Sundays is talk about, you know, Louis, we can argue about Roderick Rhodes and, and Patino's antics. Well, it's, it's Patino doing what he does, and if, if, if he was at Kentucky doing this, Louisville fans will make it a big deal, but, you know, I'm not even going to get into it. I, I'd like to think I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I would make it a big deal if he was at Kentucky. Oh, he suspended another. He's suspended another player. This is like his fourth or fifth suspension. What is Patino doing? If he was at UK, it would be a big deal. But you heard my description of of what Cal is doing at Kentucky is working. That's not an unfair description, is it? It's America. It's America. Yeah, we get these. Yeah, they want to. It works. It works. What's wrong with that? He's winning. They might. They they they've got the. I mean, definitely the on paper. The greatest recruiting rated team ever. Yeah, this class. Is I the guess it's ever. it's difficult to compare that to somebody like the UCL team, UCLA team when they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton, right? No comparison. Why you not? You can't compare. I mean, come on. It's man. it's really difficult to compare the, eras. Even back then, those guys were staying three or four years for one, and they they couldn't play as freshmen. Yeah, so this totally. <laughs> it's a whole that's, different that's animal. That's when basketball was at its greatest. Doing you know during those times, you know, it, yeah, it's this different. But different this game. team that Cal has. This year, coming in, on paper, is not only the greatest ranked team ever as far as recruiting rankings, but it's beyond that. It's clearly the greatest ever. We're going to head to a break, and Carlo and I will be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick. Alongside Carlo Kellum, we're bringing you the best local weekend sports programming in the Louisville, Southern Indiana area. I want to remind our listeners to go to the Oxmoor Ford Service Center where you can get a synthetic blend, oil change, tire rotation, multi-point inspection, and more. Only $39.95. Very friendly people over there. Carlo gets his oil change there. I do too, and so should you. We've got plenty of games as far as the NFL goes today that we have not gotten to. The big game of the day. What is that, Carlo? Tell me. What is the big... Oh, is it the return of Peyton Manning? The return of Peyton okay. Manning. For me, it's the, the Bengals and Lions. Oh, yeah. That's so it's a personalized... Thing. This is a very personal topic, Carlo. Yeah, but Peyton Manning going back home to the house that he... The house that Peyton Manning built, Lucas Oil Stadium Field, he built that stadium. Jim Irsay. And now he's made some back. Made some yeah, comments yeah, about yeah. him. Yeah. You know, the, the owner Pretty of the... disrespectful. What do you think of those comments? Uh, I think he should have kept his mouth shut, but I think they're doing what they're supposed to do, and that's build up the hype to this to this game. Like a boxing promoter. Yeah, it's like the old, it's the young gun versus the old guy. You know, Andrew Luck, he's the guy to replace Peyton Manning. You know what? If you think about it, he made a good point. They, they won. I mean, they they did good last year. They both made it to the playoffs. They okay. both got eliminated. Nobody made it to the Super Bowl. Denver did make it a little further. 
But Indianapolis still made it back to the playoffs with Andrew Luck as their quarterback. And they're having a pretty good season this year, beating Seattle, one of the best teams in the NFL, I think. And I'm going out on a limb, as I do every week. And I'm picking Andrew Luck to show up Denver tonight. Wow. Today at Indianapolis, at home, the young gun's going to prove why he has that job. If you listen to the weekend sports buzz every week, a couple weeks ago you heard Carlo and I discussing um, at length Peyton Manning's tenure with the Colts. I have pretty strong opinions about it. I feel that they did not give him the type of defense, and specifically the run defense, that you need well, I don't say to, to, say to win that. multiple Super Bowls. They won a That's Super my Bowl, feeling. But they won a Super Bowl with the defense they had. I think that that is even more of a, a testament to the great man, greatness of Peyton Manning. You look at Joe Montana's 49ers teams, Carlo. They don't build defenses like that anymore. They don't build. Rodney I mean, Lott's are you kidding? Riding Lott's not walking through that door. Ken Norton's not walking through that door. I think he played with Steve Young, though. But still, those guys aren't walking You're right. through that door, man. No. The, the, if you look at the defenses of teams that win Super Bowls, we say Terry Bradshaw and, and Tom Brady and, and you know Joe Montana and Steve Young. They're the greatest quarterbacks ever. Look at their defenses. So I have very strong opinions about that. I think Ursay's comments were spot on, yet very controversial. So I don't have a problem with the comments. I think that they are taking a different approach to building this team. And a lot of it has to do with the fortunate structuring of the rookie salary cap. You draft somebody first overall, you're not expected to throw $100 million at them like you were even nah, yeah, five yeah. years ago. Yeah, you know, so a lot of it yeah. is advantageous to you building a team that's not revolved specifically around your your star young quarterback. So I, I like Ursay's comments. Um, I agree with them. I don't know. I don't care that he said them. But I, I do agree with them. But you're picking the Colts today, Carlo. I'm picking the Colts. After they I- laid an egg last week. Yes, I'm picking the – this is a different game. This is a new rivalry rivalry that's been built between these two teams. Andrew Luck is going to step up. Reggie Wayne – it's not just Andrew Luck. You got guys like Reggie Wayne who played with Peyton. He wants to prove a point as well. He wants to prove that they're better without Peyton. <laughs> he's having a hey, – he, he, he yeah. he's had a great year last year. You know, not taking anything away from Peyton. He's having a great year. If he continues at this rate, his arm's going to fall off. I don't think he can continue at this rate physically – Throwing the ball the way he's throwing it. That's just my opinion. To say that Peyton Manning is having a great year is kind of like saying that Brandon J. Lawrence stands (laughs) for, the J stands for justice. Of course it does. Everybody knows Peyton Manning thus far this year is 178 of 240, 2,179 yards for 22 touchdowns. How many interceptions has he thrown, Carlo? One interception. Two interceptions, actually. Two? Two. Which is 22 touchdowns, two interceptions. Pretty good ratio. Not a bad ratio. Are we halfway through the season yet? No. There's 6-0. and oh. There's 16 games in the season. How many touchdowns is he going to throw? What is the record? Does Tom Brady hold it? Actually, I think, no. The, the, the season? Yeah. It was Dan Marino, but I believe Peyton. I broke think it, it may have been no. Tom Brady with no, Randy no, Moss no, that no, one year. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm looking this no, up. No, 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 no. Hey, I will I'm looking it up. I don't care. I'm looking it up. I pretty I'm pretty sure Peyton Manning broke Dan Marino's record at Indianapolis. I came close to it. Dan Marino had the record for the most touchdowns in the season. 
And I'm pretty sure when Peyton was in Indianapolis, the year, uh, a couple years before he left, he broke that record. I came very close to breaking that record. We're going to Google right now. Google, Google, Google to pull up these results. If you have those results, please call in right now if you can pull it up faster than Kelly Patrick. Now, here's single season passing yards. That's not what we're looking for. Single touchdown rate is either by Peyton Manning 1, Dan Marino 2. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'll bring it up here. Regardless, this the pace that – I don't even need to look it up to tell you well, that the pace that – yeah, Tom Brady threw for 50 oh, I was wrong. in 2007. Peyton Manning threw for 49 in 2004. Well, I was close. You were close. But and you said Dan Marino. 48, right? 48 and 84. Yeah, okay. So See, 48. Gonna, this is off the top of my head, man. No, you were right. Memory. You were yeah. right. Um, but Tom or Peyton Manning is on pace to do something completely unprecedented. Yeah. They've lost Elvis Dumerville. Is Von Miller even Von playing? Von Miller's coming back, I think, tonight. Really? Yeah. That's a storyline. Yeah, yeah, That's that significant. Story I think either tonight or next week, but I think today is his, his first game back. Andrew Luck does not want to hear that. That guy is a beast. Yeah, he, he is, and hopefully, you know, not missing these games, and hopefully he stayed clean during this whole process yeah. of uh, his uh, his time uh, away from the game. We get refocused, but yeah, having Von Miller return is just a big plus for Peyton Manning. We are going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line where we have our man Brandon Lawrence on the line with us. Brandon, are hey, we? What's how are you doing this morning? What's up? What's going on? What's up, Kelly man? Oh, not much. We appreciate you joining us, and we appreciate you, uh, you know, sponsoring us and giving us the ability to do the weekend sports with us. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hey, man, I've been listening to the show all morning, man. The truth was crazy. <laughs> he he was throwing some haymakers with some very, ser- very serious statements out of the truth this morning. Yeah, yeah, he made some serious statements, and he wasn't lying about that. I mean, I don't know about... I don't know about that fight with Kevin Webb, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Webb's got the reach advantage on him, I imagine. A reach advantage? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got a reach, man. It's a couple inches, I bet. But uh, nah, man. Hey, I was listening. To, um, I was listening to y'all talk. Hey, and, and you made the point, like right before I called in. Probably, I think the the return, the re, the big return is going to be Von Miller. You know, because that defense, Peyton was doing this stuff, and he does he's throwing all these passes because he's got to throw it because of that defense, and the defense is going to be shored up. I think when Von Miller comes back. And uh, but I wanted to get you guys thoughts on uh, this uh, this continuing ongoing saga, this Kevin Durant and Dwayne Wade. Uh, Durant's telling them what he's got to he should pass the torch, and James Harden is the guy. Or whatever. I want to see what you guys thought about that. If you checked it out, if J- that James Harden is, or well, he doesn't play with them anymore. Here's the thing. Here's well, my no, whole you- thing. Dwayne Wade yeah. has three rings. Kevin Durant has none. So that ends the discussion. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you can say that Robert Ory's got six rings. He's right? got seven. Seven rings. I mean, you know, uh, Charles Barkley's got none. But I mean, what's that? You know what I'm saying? What's that say? Randy Brown's got two or three rings. Hey, you talking to somebody who thinks Robert Ory is a Hall of Famer, man? And Randy Brown. <laughs> and, and Brandon, let's not forget, Randy Brown was one of the best on-ball defenders that I've ever seen. <laughs> What what do you think Say of what? that? I mean, I mean, James Harden is matched up with Dwight Howard now. 
Do you think there's any validity to that? Is he going to be the next uh, Kobe Shaq or Dwayne Shaq? Is that going to be the next matchup that provides multiple championships between James Harden and Dwight Howard? Yeah, you probably already know the answer, no. I mean, if uh Dwight if you depend on Dwight Howard, no. You know? But I think I think the whole thing was Harden was not on the top ten lists of the NBA players today. And Dwayne Wade is number eight. And you know, Kevin Durant is, is uh the the boys, him and Harden are boys. And he thinks that Harden should be on the list and Dwayne Wade should drop off the list because he's inconsistent. Well you know what I and he's that yeah. Huh. I actually agree. With, not, I agree with Durant. I mean, Dwayne, he these last couple of years, he's he's an old man. I think Harden should move. I don't think Dwayne Wade's no longer a top ten. He wasn't a top ten player last year, and that's why I'm basing the season off this year. Is last year, and he's never done the whole thing. I mean, you know, he won his first one with Shaq. He's never been the, the main guy. Two, it was LeBron. Nah, he he hasn't been the main. And guy. And I'm a Miami Heat fan. I've been saying that ever like, well, LeBron's won with Dwayne. Dwayne Wade was never the lead guy, just like Kobe Bryant. Was it the league guy for his first three rings? He was a wingman. Michael Jordan was never a wingman. Yeah. Yo. Hey, man, but you got, yo, yo, your show is great, man. I, I mean, I love listening to it, man. I'm telling everybody about it. I love listening because you guys got, you guys have great personalities, and the people that call in have awesome personalities, too, man. I enjoy listening to the show, man. All right, holler, man. I'll holler at you. I appreciate it, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Hey, I just finished ordering my Dallas Cowboys uh, sweatshirt <laughs> for next week when we go to Detroit. So, Cowboys, we're going to beat the Eagles today and uh, on to Detroit next week, man. Hey, Cowboys, oh, baby. One more thing before you go, Brandon. Me and, me and, I, I got I to gotta bring this up, Brandon. Me and Kelly were talking during the break. <laughs> he didn't know who Eddie Robinson was. Oh, uh, yo. What? Kelly Eddie Patrick Robinson didn't know who Eddie Robinson was. Eddie Robinson had more wins than Joe Patino, man, and uh, and Ben Bryant and all of them. Hey, hey, and another thing about that story—that's a good—that's a good story. I'm glad because a lot of people are covering that story. I'm glad you guys are covering that story. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy, man. It's crazy because like like uh, what's his name? Carolina said, like Carolina said for a while. Um, the NFL Grammy put like more was the single college that put the most. NFL players in the league, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and for you know just because of segregation and stuff like that. But Grambling, man, Grambling's always been. Oh yeah, Kelly, if you want to watch a good movie, watch uh, 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 Grambling's White Tiger. It's an old movie, movie from the seventies yeah. and eighties. Yeah, great yeah. Movie. It, it give you a little bit of peace of it. I have to check that out for sure. Yeah, man, tell you we can watch it together. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to, Brandon. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, 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 hey one more thing, Brady, man. man. You stood me up Friday huh? night, man. I was wait- <laughs> I was waiting for you after the game. Like, where is- He's in section right, 130. I'm looking at 130. You're not there. The next thing I know, you at- you somewhere else, man. You didn't invite me. Hey, hey, dog. Look, man, I had a road. Let me tell you why. Because everybody had red on. I was the only one in the section one that didn't have any red. So they just assumed I was uh, like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a family and friend of CSU. So I had to get up <laughs> out of there, man. Those cats. Hey man, it was serious business that night, man. I mean, you know, it was. I felt bad, man. It's like death at a funeral, man. <laughs> All right, bro. We appreciate you, man. Once again, Brandon J. Lawrence. J is for justice. Your lawyer for the city, Brandon J. Lawrence. All right, Carlos. Take it easy, man. All right, later. Once again, that's Brandon J. Lawrence, best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Give him a call at five zero two five eight seven. 0041.
Carlo and I have, you know, it's been a great show. A lot of great callers, lots of great action. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Carlo Kellum, Kelly Patrick, getting you through your Sunday. As we do every Sunday from 10 until noon. Really enjoyed that last segment with Brandon J. Lawrence joining us to give us his, his feedback on... on uh, The lawyer for the city. The lawyer for the city to talk about what we have been discussing this morning. What I'm looking forward to today is the kickoff at 1 o'clock. The Bengals are playing against the Detroit Lions at Detroit. At Ford Field. I have called Andy Dalton out. Over the past few weeks. And he's answered to that, I think. He was named the Offensive Player of the Week in the AFC last week. Big win over Buffalo, at Buffalo, 27-24 last week in overtime. Yeah, I give him credit for that, man. You do. Big win in New England. I mean, it was at home, but versus New England. And they beat Green Bay. And Pittsburgh. I mean, these are three big wins. You know, usually these are teams that they would have lost to years before. I think they're getting over that hump. I'm a lifelong Bengals fan. I want Andy Dalton to be the long-term answer more than anyone, or as much as anyone. Is he going to be the answer? I don't know. At this pace, the Bengals have, I think it's six receivers on pace, according to a 16-game schedule, on pace to record at least 500 receiving yards on the season. Mm. Only team to ever do that? 2011 New Orleans Saints. I was gonna say St. Louis okay. Rams, but that's right. But but that's let's a good one. Yeah. but but I think that I think the Rams. Although you're great, that was the greatest show on turf, right? Mm-hmm. Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk. They had a, a white receiver too, Ricky Prohl. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about Prohl. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but how many guys did they really spread it around to? Marshall Falk, obviously. So that's only four. I think that the the Bengals have six on pace for 500. Wow. So that's what they're doing, and that's what Jay Gruden is doing on offense. Great coach, man. I love what Jay Gruden's doing. Uh, hopefully he'll he'll be maybe he'll be a Dallas Cowboys coach next year. Head coach Brandon Lawrence. <laughs> maybe he maybe, will. Maybe yeah. The bottom line is this Bengals defense is top shelf. They currently have a streak of holding the last darn it. I think it's twenty two. At twenty two. They've held their last 22 opponents to less than 300 yards passing. Wow. Longest streak in the history of the NFL, Carlo. That's amazing. What does that tell you? Yeah. This is a a Mike Zimmer-led, Marvin Lewis-orchestrated, superb defense. Now, now you're talking about these two great coaches, Mark Zimmerman and uh, Jay Gruden. I, I can't see these guys being there next year. So this has to be the year for the Bengals to do something special. I'm there with you. And that's why I have been so critical of Andy Dalton. Is I don't know that he's the guy who I'm comfortable going into the playoffs. That he's the most important player on the team. Quarterback's the most important player. Mm-hmm. 
I have taken the stance many times that the quarterback cannot do it by himself, and he cannot. Peyton Manning needed a great defense to win Super Bowls, to win multiple Super Bowls. He did not have it. This Bengals team has it. Is Andy Dalton the answer? You're right. This is the year we'll find out. He's in his third year as a starter. We will, we'll find out. They're going against a, a very game, also 4-2 Detroit Lions team. They have Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, Reggie Bush, obviously Calvin Johnson. They've got the two big defensive tackles and Nick Fairley. And, and, and Sue. And My Do- guy. Yeah, I like Sue. I like Sue. Do you like Sue? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, what, he, what, do you, what do you think about people he, saying he's, he's dirty? He, I mean, he, it's, he, he's play, he plays the old school football I grew up on, you know. That's how you play football. You got to have that nasty streak, man. Got to. But he does crazy stuff. Like what? Stomps, no, stomps no, people when they're no down. It's no worse than what, uh, what Warren Sapp did when he blindsided the Green Bay Packer guy uh, when he wasn't even involved with the place uh, years back. I mean, it, it, he, the stomp, I think, was accidental. <laughs> he just happens to act it was accidental. Yeah, okay. It was accidental. I believe him. That brings me back to remember when Albert Hainsworth now, that was stomped different. on, I think his name's Andres Garode, that was the who was the center for Brandon J. Lawrence's Dallas have, Cowboys. Yeah, he didn't have a helmet on. His helmet pops off. What does Albert Hainsworth do with his, his cleats? Stomped in his face. Unacceptable. That was bad. But yeah. you think Ndamukong Sue toes the line as he gets fined a lot. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. You know, he he he's a marked man, so anything he does, anyone else that would have, that does it would be minimized, but since it's Adamica Sue, it's gonna be blown up out of you know, it's gonna be blown up, man. Just because he has a history of supposedly being dirty. But I think he just had I think I call it a history of being um more, you know, just he just he's more it, it gets some pump, man. He's that, that's the guy I want in my defense. They, they say he does it in practice, if too. If I'm building a defense, I'm starting with Ndamukong Sue. He's better than, he's better than, than where? What's where doing with uh with Dallas right now besides being hurt? <laughs> Are you making fun of someone hey, for being he, hurt? He didn't do anything prior to that. He hasn't been doing yeah. anything all season. Not with Monty Kiffin as the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Ndamukong Sue is probably the, he's one of my favorite defense, defensive players right now, man. He's tough. DeMarcus Ware may be in the wrong scheme right now. When, Bi- when Bill Parcells built this current Dallas Cowboys team, and I know we're switching topics. We all know what Bill Parcells had in mind. He had Lawrence Taylor in the 3-4 and the crazy intensity that LT brought to the table. That type of your Giants, crazy pass rush, right? Yeah, and this is really— That's what he had in mind. And this is still Bill Parcells' team. Romo's his guy. It really is. Jason Witten. He picked Romo to be over uh, Bledsoe. You know, he he benched his guy. He loved uh, Drew Bledsoe, by the way. Put Tony Romo in. He made Tony Romo. He made where— he made Witten. This is his team. Still his team. His fingerprints on it. Yeah. But you're right. Monty Kiffin is leading the defense. And he does not. He's a, a bend, don't break. Tampa 2. That's his style. The 3-4 aggressive approach that, that is the, the Parcells system. It's a bad fit. You can tell. You can see when Mike Dunleavy is the coach of the Kobe Bryant and Dwight Howard-led Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. You can say that's a bad fit. I think we can all agree, and we'll have to get Brandon's take on this next week. Monty Kiffin, as the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, is a bad fit. I agree. I agree. A terrible fit. <laughs> what other games are, are uh, significant today? I know I, I mentioned and I've talked uh, extensively about the 4-2 and two Bengals playing against 
at the 4-2 and two Lions at 1 o'clock. That's what I'm looking for today. What are you looking at today? We get to see Josh Freeman start for the Vikings. So what do you night, think yeah, of that? Uh, Monday night, tomorrow night, we'll see Josh Freeman getting his first start. Long overdue, but the question is, who the heck is he throwing the ball to? <laughs> he has no receivers. Is it going to be just, you know, is he going to have to make a receiver? I don't know. He's going to have to make a receiver great. You had mentioned he picked up the guy from Cincinnati who had the drug charges. Jerome Simpson. Yeah, and you claim he's a great receiver. I have yet, he's to, a great, see, I have yet to see that. He's a great athlete. He can do a great flip, and he's very ballsy. He ordered, I think it was five pounds of marijuana to be shipped in the mail from California to his house in Cincinnati. Obviously, the police showed up there. But that's what Jerome Simpson did. And he's a great athlete. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. I mean, and he can do a backflip. You know Have he you seen like, him do his backflip into the end zone? Yeah, he must be pretty bad if Marvin Lewis and the owner let him go. I think it— Because y'all keep anybody with charges. <laughs> You're you right. Know, yeah, with multiple charges. I think Carolina Steve would like. He attended Coastal Carolina, and he was drafted in the second round by the Bengals. He's not that good. I'm exaggerating, but he is a great athlete. And he's the receiving option. They also have Greg Jennings, the defector and the the man who used to be a, a, a Green Bay Packer and is now not only a Viking, but he badmouths Aaron Rodgers. So that's what Josh Johnson has to work with today. I'm sorry, Josh Freeman. Mm-hmm. Right? Josh yeah, Freeman. Josh Freeman, yeah. Um, he does have Adrian Peterson. So we can have this pity party all day. You get to hand the ball to Adrian Peterson. That helps you when you're a quarterback, right? Yeah, but I don't know how much it helps you when you're down 38 to 10 and you got to hand the, and run the football. <laughs> it doesn't help too much when you got to do that, man. But I, I think he's going to do great things with Leslie, Leslie Frazier in Minnesota in uh, years to come. I think he'll be their guy moving forward because Christian Ponder certainly isn't and Matt Castle certainly is not. So uh, I, like, I like Josh Freeman, man. I think he got a bad deal with your boy, uh, former records coach. Chiano. The one we called the P word several weeks ago. The P word the that, P, en- that ends in a CK. Yes, yes. yes, not the the actual P word, but the PR word. Yeah, so I, I think he'll do great, do good things in Minnesota moving forward. Okay. I think he'll be their guy. You know, they didn't pay him that, mu- that mu- much money for a one year deal for him not to be that guy. We keep going back to the uh, Cowboys. We've got a crossroads game today, one o'clock. The Cowboys are three and three going against the Eagles. In Philadelphia, the Eagles are also 3-3. Three and Nick three. Foles led Eagles. Nick Foles led Eagles. Uh, Shady McCoy leads the NFL in rushing last time I checked. Mm-hmm. I'm liking this game. Uh, I- I'm going with uh, I'm going with the I like Nick Foles, man. I think Mike Vick's time has passed. The Mike Vick experience is over as of 2013. You have changed your tune because yeah, before the season yeah, you were pro yeah, Mike Vick. I was, and you know, I, I've been. A, I mean, I remember watching Mike Vick when I was in college in '97, '98, whenever they played uh, played Florida State in the championship. One of the greatest uh, championship championship games I've seen that I watched personally. It was a great game. So I've been following Michael Vick for a long time, man. Just to see him, his career come to an end. It you know, it just kind of hurts to see it. You want to see him do well, you know, even though his you know his baggage with the dogs and all that. You know, he's he's kind of, uh, you know, redemption. You know, he, he he's turned his life around, I guess. But his football career as a quarterback is over. He's done. Put a fork in him. He'll probably still he'll, get contracts as a, a backup. He'll be a legit backup somewhere. I, maybe for years. Maybe he'll have a Randall Cunningham type career in a couple he years. He comes he'll back. He just pops up and starts, you know, throws for 40 touchdowns like Randall did when he came to Minnesota.
I don't see any scenario where Michael Vick doesn't have a job. I think it'll be years till Michael well, Vick you know, does not have a job. It's kind of hard for him to be a backup for somebody because it's always going to be that question. Well, you got Mike Vick, why don't you start him? I think it's too much controversy to even have him on your team. Wow, as a backup, I think you know. I, if I was a coach, and if I, I didn't, if he's not going to be my starter, I don't want him on the team. Bold statement there by yeah. Carlo. Yeah. Okay, okay. We got the Bears who are surprising a lot of people at four and two. Jay Cutler having his finest season since he's been. In the Windy City, taking on the Redskins in Washington, D.C. Division game. Um, I'm going with the Redskins. They need, they, need, they need a spark, you know? It's time for RG3 to step it up. Plus, Alfred Morris is on my fantasy squad, and he needs to have a good game. Do you think that that's going to impact the game? <laughs> no, probably not. As long as he rushes for 100 yards, scores a touchdown or two, I'm happy. My question is now, how good is this Bears team? I think they're decent. Uh, their coach is still kind of. I, I'm still. I still don't know about the new head coach, man. I'm a Lovey Smith guy. I was disappointed when they let him go, but uh, the the Brandon Marshall Cutler combo, I think, is still one of the best wide receiver quarterback combos in the NFL. And then they still got the they got the, the two headed horse, man. Uh, Forte and Bush, even though Bush hasn't been effective uh, thus far this year. You're right. Bush hasn't done much this year, but it's nice to have him there. He's a good blocker. Mm-hmm. He's a, someone who can receive out of the backfield. But I like I, I for some reason I like this this Bears team and I like seeing them do good. Why? I don't know why. A lot of it has to do with everybody hates Jay Cutler and they hate his mannerisms. And when that happens to a player, we saw it happen with Eli Manning and we we've seen it happen with other guys where everybody hates him. It's even happened with me a little bit with A Rod. Everybody hates someone so much. I start liking them. And that's happened to me with Jay Cutler, and I've started pulling for him. And I, I see this all working. He's got his buddy Brandon Marshall on the team. How good is this Bears team? Uh, they're not a Super Bowl team. Is that what you're asking? Sure. Wild card. They're a wild okay. card team. Wild card. Why? Bears fans speak up. Why you not? You said it. Jay Cutler. They have the 2013 version of uh, Jeff George. Wow, so, going way back there. Yeah, yeah, he's nothing more than another Jeff George with a big arm and a big mouth. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, but definitely the game of the day, Indianapolis at Denver. I know I'm coming back to it again, but that's, that's the right. game. That's the only game today, man. And you are honest. You can that's look the only game. You can look me square in the eyes, Carlo, and tell me you think the Colts are going to win this game. Is that really what you I'm said? Prepared to come in here next Sunday and say that I told you so. That Indianapolis Colts at home. If it was at Denver at Mount High with the altitude, it'd be a little different. I've been to Denver before. I've been to Colorado, and it does take an effect on you. I mean, I walked up a flight of stairs and I was out of breath. The reason that I don't think that this Colts team will win is not because I don't think they're talented. I do. I think Andrew Luck is a very talented quarterback. I think Trent Richardson is a stud, very physical running back, a great fit for what they're trying to do. But I've heard. Reggie Wayne said that this offense that they have implemented with this new coaching staff is the most difficult to comprehend and grasp offense that he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. And this was an All-American at Syracuse who's played with Pan- Peyton Manning for 10 years or however long it is. So will Trent Richardson be effective today? That's what no, I'm wondering. That's what my, I want to see because they should be able to right run. Now. I'll put him on my bench in the fantasy league. <sighs> he's, I don't know, man. He, 
I think he's on. He's good in this offense. He's more of like a, when they get to the goal line, give the ball to Trent Richardson, let him pound it in. He's a physical guy. Yeah. He's a Corey Dillon. He's a Jamal Lewis. He's but I don't a, think he's doing. He only had forty-seven yards, I think, last week. Yeah, he's not, he, he's not gonna be a hundred yard back with this team. Carlo, it's been a great show. You know, uh, we had Carolina Steve, Truth, Brian the Insider, Brandon J. Lawrence, Kenneth. My, I don't know if I'm leaving any other callers out. Carolina Steve? Carolina Steve. Did I mention Carolina Steve and the great Grambling State call? Thank you for the round of applause, Adam. I can hear that. That's real real, real people clapping there. Yes. yes. Be sure to join us next weekend for the weekend sports buzz on Saturday from 9 to 11. And on Sunday from 10 till 12. And another one in the books, as my great mentor Todd Neal would say. Another one in the books. Yes, sir. Thank you.